Hello everyone, welcome back to Through the Eyes of a Therapist podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Martinez Acosta, licensed professional counselor. Welcome back to season six of the podcast. And today we're going to be covering Instagram posts and some of the maybe problematic things that they say or helpful things that they say. We will get into that with my guest, who you have heard on the podcast before, and I will ask her to introduce herself in a second. If you haven't gone to Instagram yet and followed me on there, please go to at Through the Eyes of a Therapist podcast and submit your questions, concerns, feedback. Also, please go to Apple Podcasts and submit a five-star review if you have not done so yet. And go to TikTok and follow me on there. Make uh, Watch me make a fool of myself. Anyways... We have Elisa Dobler back on the podcast, or Elisa D. So, I hi. think we said hello. I think we said my last name last time, so I, I'm fine with that. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. I, I know that in the first episode, we called you Elisa D. Yeah. So, some people might have followed us since the Elisa D days. Yes. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah hopefully. It's been a while, though. I haven't been, I haven't been recording in a while. It has been a long time. What have you been up to? Well, first of all, can you intru- reintroduce yourself to maybe those people who are just turn- tuning in? Sure. Yeah, I'm Elisa, and I'm a licensed clinical social worker. Um, I have worked in the nonprofit sector, um, but, you know, other places as well, in a university setting um, and also in crisis most recently. Um, so I've done... A whole bunch of different things and currently I'm in private practice so um, at me <laughs> at you at me if you need any if anybody needs anything yeah <laughs> and so where where's the private practice that you're working at just kidding <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm working currently working with clarity counseling and consultation so you can find us um, on crystal's website Yes, so if you want services from either Elisa or myself, please visit us at www.clarityelpaso.com. And we take most major insurances, so... Just um, uh, be aware that you do have to be in the state of Texas. Yes, you do have to... Your feet have to be in the state of Texas at the time of the session. Yes, please, because we're both... Well, you actually now are licensed in New Mexico as well. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. My license is right there. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm now licensed in the state of New Mexico. Thanks for reminding me. I forgot <laughs> about that. So if you're in New Mexico and your feet are in New Mexico, you can also see us or see me at Clarity. Anyway, thanks for reminding me about that. <laughs> yeah. No worries. So let's get into the topic today. I was perusing through Instagram as one does, right? Slash doom scrolling slash mindlessly scrolling. And um, I was just looking through content, right? And I just saw this post where, I don't know, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I'm not sure how you feel about it, but we both, we have it in front of the both of us on our screen right here. And I'm wondering if we can just give some kind of reactions slash feedback about it on the podcast today and um so i thought it would be interesting because one we are both familiar with the adverse childhood experiences study our niche 
at Clarity, but also before Clarity, right, is trauma therapy, yeah. and we're both highly trained in trauma treatment. Right. And um, I think sometimes, I think the algorithm on Instagram or Facebook or whatever social media you're on, it kind of like starts to get to know you, right? And the kind of content that you would like to consume. Yes. So, absolutely. I Can I add something yeah. to that really quick? Uh-huh. Um, I've actually recently um, had some clients that because of the things that they were consuming on TikTok, it kept bringing up. So I, I um, they had, I guess, looked at some stuff having to do with um, a school shooting. Oh, gosh. Uh-huh. Yeah, so very serious topic, right? Very heavy. But then the algorithm picked up that they watched, like, a couple of videos on that, and then it just started only giving them that. Oh, my gosh. So you can imagine their algorithm became extremely difficult to deal with and very depressing and kind of they were having like you know secondary trauma from these videos and stuff like that so i do want to encourage everybody who's on social media tiktok whatever just be aware that it does learn obviously it's always learning what you're watching and stuff and so if you want to change sometimes if you're like this algorithm is all messed up it's showing me all things that i really don't want to see anymore um, you, I encourage you to delete that profile, create a new one, or uh, you just really have to look for very different content and start, like, um, you know, on purpose kind of liking different contexts so your algorithm will change. Right. I wonder if there's also a way to, like, clear your cache or something, or, like, I don't know if that's what it's called. I'm not, like, super, super tech savvy, but I think there's a setting in TikTok where you can, like, reset your searches or your algorithm or something like that if anybody knows please let us know on instagram at through the eyes of a therapist and we will mention it on an upcoming episode if you know how to do that and that would be helpful for our listeners but yeah that's a great point thanks for bringing that up for sure yeah i think um sometimes we get too into one topic and then yeah you know depending on the topic right that can that can cause some issues for sure. So I think kind of going back to the algorithm and why this popped up is because of like the trauma therapy niche. And so this post by Psych Today, which is like Psychology Today, um, I think is meant to be like helpful or I don't know what like the content creators were necessarily thinking. And I mean that in like the nicest way possible, <laughs> but I'm just kind of thinking like, what were they trying to get at here? So I... I'm wondering if we can kind of look at this together and maybe we can link it in the description at the bottom of the episode so people can click on it and get them some likes and get them some um, traffic going their way to their posts. So not all, not, well, what do they say? Bad press is good press or what do they say? Um, Yeah, all, uh, there's no such thing as bad press, so to speak, or, or bad press is also good, like. Everything's good as long as you're get, being mentioned, right? Right, right. So we'll, like, at them and stuff here and give them credit for this um, content for this episode for sure. But at the top of the um, title of the, I guess, meme or, like, graphic of this Instagram post, it says, Nine attitudes that promote healing from adverse childhood experiences. So 
I guess we should probably explain what adverse childhood experiences are. Yeah, that would probably be good. Yeah. Do you want to do it or? <laughs> so I, um, well, you do it. No, just okay. kidding. We <laughs> can both do it. Like adverse childhood experiences. So experiences that happen when you're a minor, right? Like under the age of 18. And there's a list um, typically of 10 common experiences so the adverse childhood experiences studies what comes to my mind right um that happened in 1997 where um kaiser permanente in california did a really large study um of people who were insured and they wanted to see what the connection was between adults like older adults who were having issue physical health issues and maybe adverse childhood experiences that they had had when they were younger and they found a correlation like a direct correlation between the more adverse childhood experiences you checked off on that list of 10 the more um physical health issues that you would probably experience later in life right so i guess they concluded that you could predict um like physical health issues by giving somebody this questionnaire, right? That was one of yeah. the things they concluded. Yeah, what else and that it was, um, well, obviously it's affecting people's health, right? But that people who had a lot of adverse um, childhood experiences, that they um, they also seemed to die a little bit younger, you know? Yeah, lower life expectancy. Lower life expectancy. And uh, chronic illness, like, you know, um, more likely to have high blood pressure, diabetes, um, maybe asthma, things like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, people who have adverse childhood experiences don't necessarily end up traumatized. It's just something that they are reporting that happened in their childhoods. Right. So anyway... We'll go with number one on this list of nine attitudes that promote healing from adverse childhood experiences. Number one, according to Psych Today, is determined optimism. I think language is everything, right, in therapy. So, first of all, what is that? (laughs) Also, Elisa was an English major, if you remember this, right? So, I'm always calling her about, like, (laughs) language stuff and, like, grammar stuff. Like, hey, help me figure this out. So, anyway... So, I find the word I find the word determined to be odd, like determined optimism. Like no matter what, I'm gonna be freaking optimistic. I don't give a crap. Because what that reminds me of is like toxic positivity. Ah, that's kind of what that reminds me of. Yeah, like I'm gonna have a positive outlook no matter what. Like you know, when when somebody's going through a really tough time, and you you might have that friend that goes, "Oh, don't things could be worse," mm. right? And and they're they're trying to be positive, they're trying to be helpful, but maybe they don't know how to be helpful, mm-hmm. so they're just trying to give you like, look on the bright side, things could be worse, right? Yeah. Which to that person is not super helpful because they don't feel seen, you know, in that moment. But people, a lot of times, we don't know what to say sometimes to people when they tell us they're going through something, right? So there's no bad intention there, but there's also, you know, um, people who just refuse to acknowledge someone's going through a tough time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Right. Like you're going through a really tough time, but at least right. you're XYZ able-bodied or you have yeah. eyeballs right. or you have like if you're in a really toxic job but you've or... got a job right oh no <laughs> don't even trigger me bro that's like <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so also like what crosses my mind with some of this stuff is citation needed please right like yeah nine attitudes that promote healing from adverse childhood experiences like where are you getting this from? Oh, yeah. That is a good question. Just saying. I don't know. I mean, I know that therapists and in our social... Uh, social of uh, the social workers, uh, we have these ethical codes, right? And in our ethical codes, I'm assuming that in your ethical code as well as a social worker, we speak from research. We don't make exaggerated claims. Like, right. We got to, like... When we say things on Instagram or on podcasts or whatever, like, we can't just be talking out of our butts. <laughs> You right. know, we have to say stuff that is, like, backed by research. I don't know yeah. what you're saying. So, yeah. what is determined? I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think they mean just, um, I guess you're more likely, right, to have, um, to be able to overcome these adverse childhood experiences if you lean more towards being optimistic, I think. But it's very unclear by the phrasing, determined optimism. Right. Yeah, I agree. It's a little bit unclear. So let's go on to the second one. Number two for nine attitudes that promote healing from average childhood experiences is relaxed control. Um, what do you think they mean here? So relaxed control, having a sense of maybe control, but not like a I must control everything, like a sense of nervous, tense control, but maybe like, yeah, you know what? I'm in control of myself and I'm relaxed about it. Like what? <laughs> well, what does that even those, mean? Um, those words don't even seem to really go together because what is relaxed control? So uh, having a little, a little bit of control, not being overly, um, anxious about controlling everything in your life i guess but that is and once again it's really the wording that is strange it's not relaxed control like how often have you ever said relaxed control never i've never said this they seem what is that word is it like paradox when they don't yeah. match each other or yeah like they're opposite because control implies almost like tension yes and then relaxation is like looseness Right? Yes. So it's like, how do those two words go together in a sentence? So yeah, so it's a, not paradox, but... It's an oxymoron. Okay. Yeah, relaxed control. I mean, again, I would, you would not tell a client, you know, I really recommend that you have relaxed control. Because that would be super confusing to them. <laughs> um, Made me almost spit out my water, right? Because it's like, what does that even mean? How would you explain that concept clinically even, right? Like in a therapy session? I mean, if I don't know what it means, I can't explain it. This is the, it's the same issue as number one, which is that their, their wording is just strange. Um, I think they're trying to give good tips, but I think the wording is just very odd. Yeah. 
So number this leads us to number three, negativity resistance. Okay, so with your determined optimism, uh huh, you have negativity resistance. So resistance to negativity. Yeah. Like I resist all negativity. Like. Right. So if you're more optimistic leading, then I guess you are less prone to see the world in a, through a negative lens. This is a problem I have with number three. No, like, really, like, okay, working with people who have been through trauma, or even if they haven't been, right? Yeah. The purpose of therapy is not to get someone to be happy all the time. Right. The purpose of therapy is not to promise them you will never experience negativity ever in your life or anything like that, right? Like, or even resist negativity. I think it's more about, like, integrating negativity learning how to cope with negativity or adverse experiences or negative experiences or unpleasant yeah. experiences uncomfortable experiences not just resist it because i almost feel like resistance makes it worse yeah because we i mean we don't teach people to resist we you know we give them coping skills for example because bad things are going to happen and when they do how can you handle them right exactly so it's not like resistance because it's more being able to adapt and be flexible and learn new ways of dealing with negative things that happen right yeah so i but again um i think this whole post it's it's really an issue of wording yeah i wonder if like chat gpt came up with it I'm meaning this in the most curious way. Like, I'm not trying to, like... Yeah. I mean, I have no idea. This might... This may may be, because... I I can't really... I don't think a therapist wrote that. I don't think so, either. Or maybe... Unless it is, um... Yeah, no. But this is all terminology. I haven't really... The the terminology is just not... Ringing a bell. Yeah, ringing a bell. Because... We're pretty experienced. I've never really heard these terms. Or maybe yeah. they're just from a type of or modality we've never been trained in. I'm maybe. not sure. I don't. I it's don't. weird. It is weird. But also citation needed. And it's not in the caption. Right, because it would help us to be able to look it up. <laughs> right, exactly. And at this point, when I downloaded it a little earlier today, it had 2,582 likes. Oh, wow. Okay. Which is like a lot of people, right? I mean when you look at it in the world of content creation it's a lot of likes right so people are gravitating toward it but i'm just kind of like something's ringing so they something resonates with people right that they're reading here maybe it's number four inner unshakable worth see that one makes sense right yeah that one's fine (laughs) we're we're good that's good let's skip to number five (laughs) um Number five on nine attitudes that promote healing from adverse childhood experiences. A long view of suffering. That makes sense to me, too, in a way. Sort of. Like, um, it reminds me of kind of like the concept of anticipating anxiety is a form of anxiety management, right? Like, seeing the punch that's coming hurts less. That's what this reminds me of. Like, if you know that... For example, with traumatic grief um, or with any traumatic event, you know that 
that impacted you in a very uh, deep way or um, or it, like impactful way? I know that's redundant, sorry. But like, it's not like it's just going to go away. Like you kind of know that that's inherently changed you somehow and like expecting right. that. Or just understanding that mm-hmm. life is kind of goes in cycles and, you know, sometimes, um, or you just understand that bad things happen in life, you know, mm-hmm. not, and you can mitigate to a degree, right? There's some things you can do to change some things, but we can't control everything in life. But isn't this one, number five, contradictory to number one and number three? A long view of suffering. Like suffering can be viewed as negative, right? Right. So like, I'm resisting negativity. Or determined optimism, like, I'm going to look at the good no matter what. But I also have to have a long view of suffering. But I guess two things can be true at the same time. I don't know. I'm confused. It's getting complicated (laughs) now. Uh, Number six, willingness to let love replace anger. Mm, This one strikes me as no, immediately no. I'm still thinking about it. Okay. Um, why? Tell me why um, your initial reaction is no. Because, okay, so healing from an adverse childhood experience. This is, okay, so the title is like healing from the adverse childhood experience, right? Meaning that it impacted you so much so that you require healing, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was uncomfortable, unpleasant. It was probably traumatic. Then, number six, you have to have a willingness somewhere in there to let love replace anger I think some people maybe aren't there yet sure maybe in after a few months of therapy or like years or whatever like that has to be an integrated part right of do you feel like this one willingness to let love replace anger is kind of a different way of telling you you have to forgive yes exactly that's exactly what i thought but i don't know if that's what they mean it's like you have to be willing to let love replace anger imagine somebody saying that to you like you experienced domestic violence when you were little okay but you have to be willing to let love replace anger right bitch what the (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean like uh, no. No, I now mean... I'm going to have to put explicit on this episode. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Like... Well... I don't know. It just strikes me as, like, yucky. Yeah. I mean, it's complicated, again, because people don't have to... Right? You don't have to forgive. You don't. You know, there there can be a difference. A lot of people specifically have an issue with that word forgiveness. Yes. Right? Right. Very specifically. Um, and so I think that's why they changed the wording here mm-hmm. to love. Right? Mm-hmm. But, um, and, and there's nothing wrong with, um, you know, choosing to feel love instead of anger if you feel like you're in that place and you feel like you have healed and you're like, I'm, I'm good. You know, I can, I feel like I have some closure and I feel like I can kind of let it go. But 
you know, you don't want to tell people who are not in that place that they're somehow wrong for X, Y, and Z. Right. So it just depends on where they are in the journey. Yes. And and some people find other ways to closure that are not love, quote unquote, or forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It could be like a boundary. It could be like, I'm just going to not talk to this person. Yeah. Or I'm going to like separate myself from this person. Right. Or it could be... Um, like joy and laughter and humor or something else that right. replaces it. Um, but yeah, I do think it is dependent on where they are in their journey. And I think also to the self, right? Like if you're angry at yourself for whatever reason, right? maybe a willingness to let love of self replace anger for self. I think that makes sense too. Yeah, for sure. But like... The, my immediate thought was like forgiveness and I know that I think especially as a trauma therapist specifically the F word is like a like a you know like yeah. sometimes like hard pass no do not pass go do not collect $200 like GTFO you know so that's why I'm kind of like uh, I don't know about that alright number seven uh, nine attitudes that promote healing from adverse childhood experiences. Meaning and purpose. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the same as number four. Just having unshakable worth. It means you feel you, you know, you have purpose in life. You're, you know, you, there's meaning, there's purpose. It makes you more resilient, right? Your place in the world. I don't, I don't really have an issue with seven I don't either. I even think that, like, when we're trained in TFCBT, right, there's that last component of, like, making meaning out of something that has happened to you and, like, creating purpose out of it. And I think that that could be really healthy to provide closure and to provide, like, a sense of, um, like, I not overcome, but, like, I really integrated that or I've really been able to, um heal from this thing because now I can like pay it forward in some sort of way or something like that right, right. Like, just for some people I don't have a problem number seven either number eight is sense of humor attitudes that promote healing from adverse childhood experiences sense of humor depends I mean I think so I think um a lot of people are able to kind of see their life through a lens of some humor, you know? Or... Uh Yeah. I think it can be good. Yeah. The thing that I'm thinking of is, like, if a client or a person is laughing to cope or mask, to cope with or mask or distract from trauma healing, or, like, Right? Yeah. Does, does that make sense? Yes. What I'm trying to say? Um, I know that I've done that. I've been called out by my own therapist in the past for doing that. Like, ah, ha, ha, that's really funny that this person did this to me. And they're like, that's super incongruent. Like, right. I would not be laughing if that happened to me. Or that doesn't sound funny even just, like, 
as a third person view, like hearing yeah, this objectively. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But, so, you know, sense of humor is, for a lot of people, a coping skill, right? Mm-hmm. And so as long as they're, it's not, like, getting in the way of kind of processing those feelings and those emotions and the events, then, you know, it's okay. Yeah. I think we all kind of, you know, I think especially jobs that are difficult, people who work in those jobs kind of have to have a sense of humor about life, you know, and, and the work specifically. Yeah. Yeah, like a, a lightheartedness or something about it. And especially with adverse childhood experiences, I can see how humor can be helpful. Um, and the last one is compassion for both self and others. Do you have a problem with that one? I don't. Yeah, no, I don't either. I mean, see, that one is very clear. Yeah, it's like, chat GPT did not mess that one up. Like. It, and this is the problem with the post. It's like either they are very clear and there's no doubt, right, what they mean, or it's completely vague and it it's not, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, like maybe the person who wrote it didn't necessarily think through how the reader was going to interpret it. Like they didn't fully operationalize, for example determined optimism right what does that mean for the general public or even for a a therapist like how like if a a client were to bring this to me and be like i found this list like can we go over it and see how i can like use this as some sort of coping skill i'd be confused (laughs) for the some of them you know i'd be like maybe this is what they mean i'm not sure um yeah, the same thing with relaxed control, right? Like I said, I'm not sure what they mean by that. By relaxed control? But control yourself mildly? Calmate, pero. Apasivate. Apasivate, pero. Matente trucha. Like, I don't get it. What does that mean? Sorry, I'm all yelling. Not too much. Not too much. Relax, but. Not too much. I don't know. Yeah. Have some control. Again, it is too vague. It's too vague. I don't I don't know. So again, if I was asked to same thing, if I was asked to go over this list in a session, um, I would also be a little bit confused and not sure of all of these. But you know, I think that the ones that are clear are very clear and I like those. They're yeah. good. Yeah. Um and I just think just we need more clarity on some of the others. They just should be, or we should be able to look them up maybe, you know, because uh, just a two-word term without explanation might be a little confusing. Out of context or yeah. something. Yeah. Well, thank you, Psych Today Instagram, for lending us your content. No copyright infringement ever intended on this podcast. Any final words about this episode, Elisa? <laughs> not, not really. I th- <laughs> we've gone over it All pretty right. well yeah so the you know two therapists reacting to a random list from psychology today there you have it through the eyes of a therapist folks if you haven't followed us on instagram please do so at through the eyes of the therapist or go to tiktok to watch us react to other stuff like memes at through the eyes of a therapist as well and um yeah 
catch you on the next episode, everybody. Thanks so much. Bye, all. <laughs>